Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Pastor Joel Gregory starts a brand new and life-changing series entitled 21. Get your pen and your pad ready, and let's go into the worship center and hear what God has for us today. Today we're going to minister a message entitled 21, and it's connected to our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so let's get right into it on today. I won't be before you long. It's about a 20, 25-minute message, and then we'll go over all of our expectations for the next 21 days. Today doesn't begin the 21 days. Tomorrow does. Today is just our rally where we make sure everyone is informed and you know what it is that you're engaging in and being a part of. And so today we'll look at how God moves powerfully in response to prayer and fasting. How many of y'all believe God moves powerfully in response to prayer and fasting? So my job today is to show you from the Word of God how He actually does that. And so my desire is that this message will strengthen your faith to believe God for the impossible during our Connect 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so we all want to set our faith for God to be able to do for us things that we cannot do for ourselves. We want to do the natural part so that God can do the supernatural part. Let me give you some definitions of praying or prayer and fasting. Prayer, uh, simple definitions, it's, it's, a, it's spiritual communion with God as the focused object of our communication or fellowship with God. And so we want to make God the focused object of our communication. But like anything else, there has to be a leader in that role and someone that's higher and an authority figure. And so when you're thinking about communicating and fellowshipping with God, it's a dialogue and not a monologue, right? You talk with God, but I want to encourage you to please allow God time to talk to you, right? Prayerfully, if you ever get before any great world leader, president, uh, Bill Gates, or whoever you might think is, is huge, I mean, if you get that audience, do you want to do more talking or less talking? Less talking, right? You want to listen more. And so I want to encourage you to quiet yourself down after you spend your time in your devotion. You're reading the Word of God. Quiet yourself down and listen for the voice of God as He speaks to you. He speaks to you through His Word. I mean, there's a small, still, audible voice that He speaks to you through. Uh, You want to always make sure that when you're listening to voices, though, you confirm those voices with the Word of God because the Word and the Spirit will never contradict themselves. All right? And so always practice that. But take some time during the next 21 days to do more listening than you do talking. And a lot of people don't understand. You're still praying if you're saying nothing. If you learn how to sit and just be still for 30 minutes, you spent 30 minutes in prayer. If your goal was to listen to what God may be leading or instructing you to do. Okay, a lot of people don't understand that. Meditation is a tremendous form of prayer. Okay? Fasting is to abstain from food in order to draw closer to God. And so remember, our purpose for removing food for a certain portion of the day is to spend that time in prayer or in the Word of God. I mean, if I'm just not eating food, I'm not fasting, I'm on a diet or I'm detoxing. Right? It's a fast when you add a spiritual component to it. So I'll make sure we understand that. Let's read Matthew. I have some opening text for us today. Let's read Matthew chapter 6, verse 17 and 18. I'll read out of the Passion Translation. Notice, first three words says, when you fast, not if you fast. And so it is an expectation from God that we fast as a lifestyle. Not just these 21 days. Our job as a church is to teach us corporately how to do it. I mean, after you learn, you can do this three days, one day, 10 days. You can do this as much as you want whenever you need to throughout the rest of the year. And so he says here in Matthew 6, 17 and 18, when you fast, don't let it be obvious. But instead, wash your face and groom yourself and realize that your father, here's the key language, your father in the secret place, 
is the one who is watching all that you do in secret. And so notice fasting is something between you and God, not you and other people. So you don't need to demonstrate, oh, I'm fasting today. Oh, I ain't had nothing to eat since, since 2 o'clock. I mean, no, you are not in secret anymore. And then that becomes your reward. And then a lot of people say, well, well, I don't get anything out of it. Well, let me tell you why. You only get out of something what you put into it. Right? And notice what he promises here. He said that when you do it in secret, because I'm watching all that you're doing in secret. See, so you don't have to impress people because God actually knows what you're doing. So he says, everything that I'm watching that you do in secret, I will continue, not one time, I will continue to reward you openly. And that word openly means evidently or obviously. So what God is saying is you take care of your business privately and I'll make sure that everyone that's watching you knows publicly that I am blessing you, supporting you, and confirming what it is that you're seeking me about privately. I love when you don't have to tell people how good God's been to you. I mean, they can just look at your life and say, man, what are you doing? And how can I get some of that? That's all God said is he's going to make it so evident of what you're doing privately, you won't need to tell anyone because the evidence will be the proof, proof of your private pursuit. Let's look at Matthew chapter 9, 14 and 15, out of that same Passion Translation. It says, the disciples of John the baptizer approached Jesus with this question. I mean, no questions are good. It says, why is it that we and the Pharisees fast regularly, but not your disciples? Jesus replied, well, how can the sons of the bridal chamber grieve when the bridegroom is next to them? So Jesus is explaining to the Pharisees, as long as I'm here with them, they don't need to do that. But then notice what he goes on to say. But the days of fasting will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them. That was referring to his death, burial, and resurrection. So what he's saying is while he was with them, they could depend on him. But once he leaves, how many you know they'll need to depend on their prayer life? You all see that? And so now you're fasting. He was right there to draw close to. But obviously then fasting will draw us closer to God. You don't see a lot of churches doing this today. They do prayer for a certain amount of time. They don't add the fasting component to it. I'm going to prove to you today. There are just certain things that are not going to happen in your life unless you add fasting to your prayers. Let's read another verse. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 here out of the Amplified. I love the Amplified uh, rendition of this. It says, but without faith, that word faith there is pistis, and it means total trust and reliance upon. It is impossible to walk with God and to please him. For whoever comes near to God must necessarily believe. Now, this word believe here is a different Greek word. It's pistuo or pistu, however you want to pronounce that. And what that literally means is all of your faith and confidence is in a person. I mean, that person is God. So I want to read very slowly, slowly what he's saying here. In order to please God, you have to have trust and reliance and total dependence upon. But a lot of times we put that trust and reliance and total repend, uh, dependence in the wrong place. Amen. We put that in a person. Amen. We put that in our prayer partner. Yeah. We put that in our pastor. Yeah. We put that in other people. What I want to make sure that you understand, put all of it in God. For the next 21 days, then listen to what he says. When you do that, you put all your trust, reliance in, in the God that exists. Watch this. That he rewards, then he will reward those who earnestly and diligently seek him. So notice he's a rewarder. He's a remunerator. How I many know oh, God is interesting in advancing you and increasing you? But it has a lot to do with how you earnestly and diligently seek him. We all understand this in terms of relationships. How you know I don't win her if I'm not earnest and diligent about seeking her. And she can tell how much I actually want to be with her based off of my pursuit. Right? So if I don't talk to her but once a week and then I tell her I love her, 
How's she responding to that? I hear you. I hear you, but I haven't seen you since last week. Right? And we can go on and on. So, so notice then, I began to get rewarded from her based off of my diligent pursuit of her. So, and the relationship gets healthier and healthier and healthier. Right? If you've been married a long time, anytime you stop doing what you've always done to the other person, the relationship has changed. Ladies, don't leave me out here by myself now. Right? Is that accurate? Right? Uh, let me try this side because they still, they slept in a little later, got a little more sleep. Is that accurate, right? So notice the rewards are in direct proportion to the ability to earnestly and diligently seek him. See? All right? Everybody clear on that? How many of y'all want something big from God? Yeah. That desire, the proof of that will be in how earnestly and diligently you seek him. Okay? I want to teach a principle here. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 12, 16 and 17. I want to read out of the Message Bible. And how many of you know fasting is not easy? Right? When you say you're not going to eat food for a while, man, how many of you know you see food commercials? I mean... <laughs> I mean, a fool just show up everywhere, right? Party at work, whatever it is, right? But I want to encourage your heart today. I want to teach this principle. Hebrews 12, 16 and 17, out of the Message Bible says this. Watch out for the Esau syndrome. Anyone who was not at the first service want to take a shot at what the Esau syndrome might be. Eating yourself out of your inheritance. You read your Bible. Girl, that's such a good answer. Come on up here and get this $100. Come on up here and get this $100. She moved quick, too. I haven't seen her move that quick. Boy, did you see how quick she jumped out of that seat? Before I said I was just playing. You're welcome. You're welcome. Excellent answer. I bet you all will answer the next question I throw out there. I bet you paying attention now out there. Like, <sighs> Probably reading through now, right? So watch out for the Esau syndrome. Watch this. Trading away God's lifelong gift in order to satisfy a short-term appetite. And so here's the principle. What people do is they say, I'm not going to do this during the 21 days of prayer and fasting. And, and then they let their appetite overtake them. And they say, ah, forget that. I'm getting ready to eat these ribs. <laughs> So, and in that moment, you traded in the blessing of your discipline for your appetite. So, if you don't learn anything from this principle, then what you'll take away is your appetite will come for your blessing. Everybody clear? Somebody should have wrote that down. Because I promise you, it's like, man, about that third day. I'm seeing illusions. <laughs> anybody, else, anybody else willing to be honest? So I'm talking about from the stuff that I love, right? When you talk about, for me, putting some dark chocolate almonds on the table for 21 days, man, it's going to take prayer every day to get through that 21 days. That's how much I love those. I eat them every day. I grab five of them. How many of y'all know it's a national championship game on tomorrow night? That's chips and dip all day. And I'll be watching that game with, with something to drink in my hand, water or some juice or something. How many of know my appetite will be calling the whole game? And what you should always think about is, is the, are these chips worth what I'm believing God for? Because your appetite is going to come for your blessing. Notice what this verse goes on to say. You well know how Esau later regretted that impulsive act. Then he wanted God's blessings. But by then it was too late. Tears or no tears. Okay. Let's look at four reasons why you should connect with God these next 21 days. Number one, you position yourself 
for a breakthrough. And I'm declaring for somebody in this room or somebody watching online, you, are, you will receive this year the major breakthrough that you've been believing God for because of your pursuit over these next 21 days. Is that for anyone in this room? I'm, I'm telling you, you, somebody is going to receive the breakthrough that they have been believing God for because of your earnest and diligent pursuit over these next 21 days. Online, type that in. I'm receiving my breakthrough this year. That's not even faith. Say, I'm receiving my breakthrough now. Say it in the room. That's good. Say, I'm receiving... My breakthrough, when? Do you really believe that? Give him a down payment on it then. Come on, go ahead and give him a down payment on it. Thank him in advance. Praise him in advance. Come on, let's read. Matthew chapter 17, verse 14 says, And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son. For he is an epileptic and suffers severely. For he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, Oh, faithless. So he gives you some insight. Disbelieving and perverse generation. How long shall I be with you? How long should I bear or put up with you? Bring him to me. And then Jesus rebuked, right? He just took authority over that and discontinued the demon. And it came out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. This is verse 19 is the verse I love. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and asked him the question, why could we not cast it out? How many of you know that's a good question? And the thing I want you all to know that God is not upset with your questions. If you've been praying and seeking God and you have not seen the manifestation of what you're believing him for, it is okay for you to go to God and say, God, why has this not come to pass? Why has this not manifested in my life? But the other side to that is you have to be willing to listen to the answer that he's going to give you. But what I love about God is he never gives you an answer of what you did wrong without also telling you what you need to do to get it right. Let's continue to read the rest of this. Because most times, folks, what you're going through is between you and God. We actually don't live with you. We don't go home with you. We don't see what you do in your private time. Hello, somebody. Right? When nobody else is around, the only two people that really know you are you and God. And so when you go to God privately, how many know he'll tell you what's blocking that up? Because we can get in front of people and we can, man, we can look good. Like we got it all together. Oh, I've been saved, baptized with the Holy Ghost and that with a mighty burning fire. I've been praying in tongues for 30 years. I mean, we can do all of that, right? And then privately be something completely different. So look at what Jesus says here. The disciple says, Privately. Well, why, why couldn't we cast it out? Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, because of your disbelief, for surely I say to you, instruction, if you have faith, right, trust, pistis there, reliance upon me as a mustard seed, smallest of all seeds, you will say to this mountain, so you don't have to be saved a long time. You can get saved today, start connect 21 days of prayer and fasting tomorrow and move mountains in your life. Oh, I wish I had somebody that believed that. See, they've been telling us all wrong. You don't have to be saved, go to Bible school. Come on, you can get saved today, rededicate your life today, start 21 days of prayer and fasting tomorrow, and move mountains in your life. So he said, if you had faith as the seed, as a mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, move from here to there, watch this, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible to you. Oh, man, I have changed stations. I've changed stations now. Now I'm on that network called All Things Are Possible. Come on, somebody. Come on, we got to live there. We got to get over in that realm, right? He said nothing will be impossible to you. So, so faith gives you access to what's impossible. 
Now, say to yourself, and online, say to yourself, nothing Nothing will be be impossible impossible for me. me. Do you believe that? How many of y'all have some things in your life that look impossible? Right? Look around the room so you'll know you're not by yourself. Look around the room. You'll know you're not by yourself. Say it again. Say it online. Say, nothing Nothing will be be impossible impossible to me. But he didn't stop there. He said, however, 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 everything else I said doesn't matter if you don't add this piece right here to it. He said, however, fellas, great question. Use your faith. Believe for the impossible. But however... This kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Notice he did not say one without the other. He said both. He said this time, this kind, fellas, cannot come out but by prayer and fasting. How many of you know some of you all watching online and in this room are dealing with some stuff? Everything you've done, it has gone nowhere. And some of the things that you deal with, the only way they can be addressed and eradicated out of your life is to go through a concentrated season of prayer and fasting. I like to tell people this. Now, everybody say, Pastor Gregory loves me. That's why he tells me the truth. Because I'm getting ready to give it to you right now. You ready for it? Okay, here it goes. You you sure you want to hear this? You sure you really want me to say this? It's going to hit you right between the eyes. When you get tired of dealing with your situation, you'll do something about it. But until then, just lay in it. Make your bed up in it. But when you get tired of it, you'll do something about it. And some of you all, that time is now. At some point, you got to be tired of dealing with the same stuff year after year after year after year. Anybody glad they came to church today? You know, I kind of feel like we already made the devil mad, and it's early in the service. Can we just give God a real good hallelujah in this place? Come on, you all can do better than that. Come on, give God a real good hallelujah. Come on, somebody say, I'm tired of being tired. And I'm getting ready to do something about it. Number two, doors of opportunity will open for you. Supernatural. I'm declaring this year there will be some supernatural doors of opportunity that will open for people in this room. I'm talking about doors that were previously closed will now open for you in 2023 because of your diligent pursuit over these next 21 days. Let me save some time and give you a little backdrop on on this Nehemiah story. So Nehemiah uh, and the children of of Israel, uh, Jerusalem has been captured and burned down. And the wall of the city has been burned down. And, you know, God is, right, he's always going to call a person when something needs to be changed. So God has commissioned Nehemiah to bring the children of Israel back to rebuild the city and rebuild the wall. Restore the city and rebuild the wall. But just like anything else, how many know there are going to be enemies there? So now the children of Israel are in captivity and they're under the domain of the king of Persia, right? And so... Nehemiah has to believe God that he'll have favor with the king of Persia to even allow him to restore the city and to rebuild the wall. And I want you to see here, we're going to read it for ourselves, but I want you to see how Nehemiah approaches this. And so most people, when they get that kind of charge, they want to rally their leadership team together. Let me go get Minister John. Let me go get all of the people, right? Best thing you can do when you are asked to do something that looks insurmountable, the best thing you can do is slow yourself down and turn to God before you ever turn to people. Are you listening out there? 
Okay, let's keep reading. Now let's read. Nehemiah 1, 1 through 4, and then verse 11. It says, the words of Nehemiah, the son of Hekaliah, it came to pass in the month of Shizblev, in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, tough words here, the citadel, that Hanani, or Hanani, one of my brethren, came with men from Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped and who had survived the captivity and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, the survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down, and its gates are burned with fire. So it was when I heard these things that I sat down and wept, and I mourned many days. Watch this. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. What was he doing? Before who? What was he doing? Before who? Now, what he has to accomplish is insurmountable. But I just want to encourage somebody. There's nothing you're dealing right now that's bigger than God. Right? And your ability to go to God is saying to God that, God, I believe you're bigger than what I'm facing. Right? And how many know if you do that, God's going to show up and show out every single time? Let's keep reading here. So he's fasting and praying before God. And then really, I didn't say this in the first service, but you should really go read his whole prayer in verses 5 through 10. He starts his prayer off by just talking about how awesome and big God is. I mean, that's a good way to start your prayer off, right? But, but let me tell you what he turns to after he makes God real big. And again, this will take maturity to receive this. Sometimes we have to accept the fact that it's our disobedience that put us in this situation. So we need to stop the devil, the devil, the devil, and look at ourselves, right? And so the next thing Nehemiah does is he repents. He not only repents for himself, but he repents for all of the children of Israel, right? And Minister Johnny did an excellent job next Sunday. So, so really, the next 21 days is as much about getting your heart back right with God as it is all the other stuff. And you should go read that whole prayer. Then verse 11 says, Oh Lord, I pray, please let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who desire to fear your name. And then watch this. And let your servant prosper this day. And I pray and grant him mercy. Watch what he prays for in the sight of this man. And so notice, who is the, this man he's referring to? So he asks God to prosper him, which if God calls you to do something or asks you to do something, I mean, you should ask him to prosper you in it, right? But what you also have to understand is if God calls you to do something, there will be enemies set up to stop you. And if you read the whole story, they're not just enemies from without, they're also enemies from within, like Sambalot and all the wicked schemes that they set up to try to stop him from rebuilding that wall. And But what, what will happen is if you keep your attention and your focus on God, I mean, you know, he'll deal with the what's going on without and he'll deal with what's going on within and you'll still finish what it is he told you to do. If you don't let the people from without or within get you off of your assignment. There will be people strategically set up outside your camp and inside your camp. You've got to learn how to ignore both and stay focused on God. All right? So notice he prays that God would give him favor, and the favor he's asking for, this man is the king of Persia. Okay? So why would he do that? Because if you understand Scripture, how many know the heart of the king is in the hand of the, of the Lord? And the Scripture says he can turn it whithersoever he wishes. So you might work for a bad boss, a demonic boss. You, you might be in all kind of bad situations. But I mean, you can pray and ask God to give you favor with them. And, and what God will do is turn their heart. And they'll end up blessing you and they don't even know why. Right? Then they'll end up at peace with you. They can't stand you or what you believe, but they have so much peace with you. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? They even tell you to your face, I don't like you, but it's just something about you that I, I want to do this for you, right? 
And so that's how important. I would study that prayer if I was you all in this room. That's, that's Nehemiah chapter 1. Read all that chapter. It'll really bless you. But it'll open up. This year, there are going to be some doors of opportunity opening up for you. Number three, bring you into new seasons. I'm declaring that some of you all are going to enter into some brand new seasons of your life. And what I'm saying here, new means something that you've never done before, something you've never seen before, a place that you've never been before. How many of y'all say, I'll take that? I'm not talking about the old. I'm talking about some new, fresh stuff coming into your life, right? That's going to be this year for you all and beyond. It's going to bring about new seasons. Luke 4, 14, uh, Jesus, after 40 days of prayer and fasting, he now enters into his ministry, a new season. And the scripture says, then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out throughout all the surrounding regions. And so notice, after 40 days of prayer and fasting, he entered into his uh, ministry in the power of the Spirit. Some of you all are going to come out of this 21 days of prayer and fasting in the power of the Spirit, and it's going to catapult you into your new business, your next assignment, your new financial investments, your new job your new relationships. Come on, somebody. And there's going to be something on you that you didn't have before that's going to catapult you into a whole new realm of your life. New wisdom, new insight, new information, new team, new everything. It's just going to be a great, great opportunity. So be sensitive to these doors and these opportunities that present themselves to you, but also look every gift horse in the mouth. Because when words like this come forth, I mean, you know, Satan will present some doors and opportunities too. And that's why prayer is so important to know which door God's opening and which one Satan might be opening for you. One of the best ways to know the difference is when you go through it, did it draw you closer to God or did it take you further away from God? Sometimes that door can be a person. Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 3. Now, in the church that was in Antioch, there were certain prophets, we're talking about new seasons and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Black or Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. Watch this. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, right? What I'm telling you minister to the Lord here means is as they prayed and fasted. Of course, over the years, we've been taught that means a lot of things, and it really does mean all of those things. But in this context, he is specifically talking about prayer and fasting. And I'll prove that to you. Remember, I can never tell you something like that and not support that in that same context from the Word of God. So I'll prove it in a moment, but let me go by some more points. So as they minister to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said. So this is what I want to encourage someone in here, really all of you all. The Holy Spirit has a lot to say. He is not quiet about your situation, right? But notice it's only after they prayed and fasted that the Holy Spirit spoke. Not before, right? It's while or after they prayed and fasted, the Holy Spirit spoke. So you want to discipline yourself that when you're in that six-hour window or however long you're committing and you're spending that time in prayer and in fasting, take enough time to listen to what the Holy Spirit wants to instruct you about after that. Because if you're listening, he's always speaking. And listen to this. He's always speaking about your situation. He's got fresh insight and information of how to get you from where you are to where you want to be. The issue is, are we listening? So the Holy Spirit said here, the Holy Spirit said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work which I have called them. Then watch this. Here's the proof from the previous verse, verse 2. Then having, past tense, fasted in what? So he told you specifically what they were doing earlier, right or wrong. Is that accurate? Right? So then, uh, having fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and sent them away. Now, this is a spirit-filled church. And I want to repent to linked up church publicly. 
you know, over the last several years, we've been so busy focused on SOPs, standard operating procedures, organization, org charts, you know, the business side, the, the, the organization of the infrastructure, the personnel, the, and we haven't been focused enough on the spiritual things. And what I'm talking about is the Holy Spirit. And I repent from that. But see, nothing, these guys wouldn't have had on them what they ultimately had on them, Barnabas and Saul, had not the leaders not laid hands on them, right? Had they not listened to the Holy Spirit, had the leadership not spent time in prayer and fasting and knew what to do, then that would have impacted Barnabas and Saul's ministry. See how important this is? So this year, there are three messages you're going to hear all year long, varieties of them. That's faith the Holy Spirit, and grace. This is a spirit-filled church. How many know there should be all kind of spirit-filled activity going on around here all the time? People should be getting healed, delivered, set free, and made whole all the time. I'm talking about walk in the door and, oh, my God, my leg. I don't even feel nothing in there anymore. Huh? Sit down in the chair and just a boat of Holy Ghost energy just, just runs up from the big toe all the way out the top of their head and body just lines up and acts right. I'm talking about people coming in in pain, not feeling well, leaving out free from pain, feeling extremely well, right? You're going to see that. We're going to go for that, okay? And so notice there, nothing happened in terms of spiritual uh, manifestations until first spiritual activity was given on the front end. A lot of times we want the supernatural without the spiritual activity on the front end, okay? Number four, let's close here for the day. Some of you all are going to receive some spiritual insight to defeat the enemy. And this really is where the 21 days comes from. And let's look. It's a lot of insight in this text. Daniel chapter 10 verse, uh, verses 1 through 3 says, In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was called Belshazzar. The message was true, but the appointed time was long. I mean, you know, sometimes God will give you a word today, but it's really not for, won't manifest for, for a, a while down the road. Right? So, so then you have to say, well, why would God give me a word today for something that's not going to manifest until down the road? It's called preparation. Right? So he'll give it to you back here so you can start getting yourself ready for it. Right? And the fact that you're getting yourself ready for it means you believe the word that he spoke to you back there. Can you all see that? See, I can't say I believe God this is the year I'm going to get married. And... and Let me just leave that alone. Everybody understand what I'm saying, right? See, if God spoke that, then what am I doing? Because I know this ain't it. But it's a placeholder. So all that placeholder is doing is holding up what you really want. But if I believe that, I start cleaning all that up. So the message was true, but the appointed time was long. And he understood the message and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. And I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth. Nor did I anoint myself at all. Now, we're going to put a, we're just going to cross that one out. Because what he's saying is he didn't take a bath for 21 days. You, we're going to take baths every day during this 21 days of prayer and fast. We're going to take it twice a day. We're going to take baths and showers. Come on, somebody. And we're going to put lotion on. Especially on your ankle. Somebody say, lotion on my ankle. And check them every now and then to see how they look. Because how I many know your shoe will make them ashy? Your clothes will make them ashy. Check them every now and then. See if you need to go back and just touch them up a little bit, right? But how I many know we're going to take baths the whole time? See, this is one time where we can say, no, that's what God spoke to Daniel. God did not speak that to me. Everybody in agreement? We're bathing the whole 21 days and smelling good. All right. 
So, so he says here, and I ate no pleasant fruit, nor meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Let's drop down to verse 10. Suddenly a hand touched me who made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. So once again, let's read slow. So if I'm on the palms of my hands and on my knees, what am I probably doing? Okay. So notice the supernatural shows up when you're in these postures of prayer and fasting. And notice it's a suddenly too. So now he's seeking God and then suddenly. I, I believe for some of you all to get some of those. Well, while you're seeking God, bam, you just get a change of direction in your life. A supernatural blessing. Come on, somebody. The hand of God just comes and touches you. Somebody calls you and says, I got this opportunity for you that's going to blow your mind and change your life. Somebody calls you and just say, God told me to do this for you. I'm praying that you get some suddenlies during these 21 days where one day your life was one day and then bam, all all of a sudden, your life changed forever. Glory to God. So suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palm of my hands. And he said to me, oh, Daniel, man, greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel. For from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come because of your words. Watch this now. So, so God dispatched an angel to assist Daniel. Right? What I want each one of you all to know that the moment you gave your life to Christ, he dispatched an angel to you. And that angel's job is to hearken unto the voice of the word. So every time you say the word of God out of your mouth, that angel's job is to take those words and then supernaturally start bringing those to pass in your life. But the other side to that is how many know they're demonic angels also who are not interested in allowing it to be that easy for you. So it's called spiritual warfare. So there are times when you pray for something and you've got to learn how the old church used to do. You've got to learn how to pray through until you get your breakthrough, right? And that's what Daniel is doing here. He's staying with it until he gets his release. So let's keep reading here. He says here, do not fear, Daniel, from, from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humble yourself before God, your words were heard and I've come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me for 21 days. And now behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. And this is what I want you all to understand. See, we, we give too much emphasis to deliverance and spiritual warfare. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I want to say it again. One angel from God will knock out a whole legion of demonic angels from the enemy. So I don't want you to get all fearful and start giving Satan too much credit. Because what God releases for you is always greater than what the enemy tried to release into your life. So just focus more on God and what he's doing and then let him address the enemy and what he's attempting to do. All right, everybody clear on that? And then watch this, right? Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days. For the vision refers to many days yet to come. So Daniel received the spiritual insight that he needed to defeat the enemy. Some of you all, it's not the release of things in your life. It's the release of information in your life that's going to set you up for freedom for the rest of your life. So believe it or not, teach me how to fish. Don't give me a fish. Teach me and give me the wisdom how to get out of this situation. Now I can use that experience in the future when the enemy tries to come at something I've got something to refer back to right I've got some information and experience I would much rather have the information and the wisdom to, to know how to get out of my situation than to just get out of my situation you all understand the difference right and, and for some people that's greater so seek that it's not always someone else doing something for you it's God giving you the instructions and the wisdom to know what to do for yourself to get yourself out of that situation so that it doesn't return again see when you find yourself back in the same situation how many of you learn nothing from the first situation at least not spiritually 
Everybody clear? You all getting anything out of this today? Let's all stand to our seat and prepare to close. Let's all stand to our feet. Now, in this conclusion, I just want to really inspire you with two words. This Connect 21 Days of Fasting and Prayer is not about a new car, a bigger house, more clothes, or more money. This is about seeking God. And how many of you see God, he'll take care of all the rest of that stuff. And here's two verses that support that. Matthew 5, 60 Amplified says, Blessed, joyful, nourished by God's goodness are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Those who actively seek, seek right standing with God, listen to what the Amplified says, they will be completely satisfied. Which simply means if you'll just hunger and thirst to be actively right with God. See, this is more about the condition of your heart. I mean, some of us just need to grow in forgiveness and learn how to forgive people. Some of us need to overcome offense. We've been offended and not speaking to people and acting childish for way too long. See, see, so, so, so posture yourself properly. Some of us need to grow in love. Some of y'all, some of us need to deal with our anger issues. So we snapping off at everything and everybody, right? Now, how many know God is just simply saying when you actively seek and hunger and thirst after being in right standing with me, I'm going to make sure that your life is completely satisfied. Matthew 6.33 says it this way. But first and most importantly, seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. The attitude and character of God. And then he promises this. And all these things will be given to you also. So I want this to be more about your character than your cars. Because how many know there are a lot of good looking people in real nice cars with real ugly hearts. So let's go after doing and being right with God. See, doing and being right are two different things. Okay? Just want to make sure that they always agree. What I say and what I do actually agrees. That's when I have integrity. And what God has promised you is if you just pursue that, I'll add everything else you're looking for. Okay? I wrote some quotes down here. Nothing great is ever achieved without sacrifice and commitment. Then I wrote down, the proof of your desire will be in your pursuit. See, how bad do you want it? How bad do you really want to change? And it's not about who's watching it. It's between you and God. You'll show God how much you really want, whatever that is you're believing for over the next 21 days. You will demonstrate that. Now, I mean, if you do it right, you do your part, God will do his part. And I'm declaring that it's going to be some satisfied people after these 21 days. Come on, I'm declaring that there are going to be some things added to our lives that we will even say to ourselves, only God could have done something like that for me. Come on, anybody receive that today? I'm talking about the, the best things in our lives. We always say this, only God could have done something like that for us. Even down to the small stuff. What was that last thing that just happened to me? Well, it was a gift I wanted to buy my wife. I won't tell you the gift. But I couldn't find it nowhere. And so I'm just sitting down and I said, let me check again. And I go check again. And it's one of them right down the street. And we both looked at each other. I said, that's just one of God, just little kisses on the forehead. Where he said, my children want this. I'm getting ready to have it sent from Arizona to, to Georgia. And, and, and here's the thing. All the other ones, we had looked before and they were everywhere. All the other ones were gone. So probably had we waited another day, we would have missed that. And I just happened to think, let me go online and see if something showed up. And it was the exact one she wanted. I'm telling you, things are getting ready to happen for you because you're pursuing God that you're going to say, only God could have done something like this for me. 
Come on, somebody go ahead and thank God in advance for that. Come on, it's okay. Go ahead and thank God in advance for that. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away. And you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died, rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name. Praise God. We are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations. We are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit us at linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, view past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text get connected to 94000. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week and we look forward to connecting with you.